What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss the D-backs game one victory over the reigning NL champs, Philadelphia Phillies. And then we got part two with Sully Baseball discussing which National League teams can be frauds. Which of those teams that have gone off to hot starts will regress by game 162. Breaking it all down on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, at myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks in both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But I want to now talk about that game one victory over the Philadelphia Phillies because it might seem easy on paper because the Phillies are three games below 500 after their loss and the D-backs are eight games above 500. One of the best teams in the National League at the time of me recording this podcast, 7.30 p.m. on a Monday. The Dodgers are up eight to five on the Braves in the top of the eighth. So I want to assume the Dodgers are going to win that game and the D-backs stay just a game and a half behind the Dodgers. But even with that being being said, the D-backs still have the third best record in the National League with 28 wins. They would have like a three-game lead on like the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers. They would be firmly right behind the Braves, uh, you know, for second place in the NL East. It would be like the same situation that they're in in the NL West. The AL East, they would have no chance because of the Tampa Bay Rays and even the Baltimore Orioles have 31 wins. The Yankees are third in that division with 29 wins. Absolutely insane. They would lead the AL Central. They'll be right there in the mix with the Texas Rangers who have 29 wins, of course. So the D-backs, in terms of Major League Baseball, have won the best records in all of baseball, the third best record in the National League. And they played like a team with the third best record in the National League against the Philadelphia Phillies because there, of course, are moments in the ball game where you thought maybe the D-backs were going to lose. Maybe you thought... They were going to give up the lead, but every time the D-backs needed to respond, they were able to do it, and they were able to attack and get this game started early against one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball and Zach Wheeler, who has been a stud since signing with the Philadelphia Phillies, but against the D-backs today, I mean, he only gave up three earned runs over six innings, but he gave up eight hits, and the D-backs just really made him work, gave up a couple home runs, and Lord Gurriel got it started in the second inning with a home run on his way to going four for four in this game. Perdomo, in that second inning as well, was able to double down the right line and score some runs as well, because of course, that's where Perdomo does, and the Madison Bumgarner replacement, Tommy Henry, was just so 
solid in this game. And he's been really good recently as well. Tommy Henry pitched into the six. He gave up two earned runs, two walks, five Ks, two home runs. You don't like to see the two home runs, but that was probably Tommy Henry's only mistake in this game. He gave up back-to-back home runs to Kyle Schwarber and then Bryson Stott. Schwarber saw the first pitch fastball. He crushed it. Stott, second pitch he saw, fastball as well. He crushed that, but for Tommy Henry overall, very solid start considering what the D-backs were getting production-wise from Massa from Massa Bumgarner pre Tommy Henry. Like this is some <laughs> this is some superstar stuff that Tommy Henry is doing compared to his predecessor. I mean, Tommy Henry in three of his last four starts has pitched into at least a sixth inning, and in all those starts he's pitched into the sixth inning, he's given up no more than two earned runs. So he just looked really good. His velo was actually up today. It was at 90.4 miles per hour, which is actually up 1.3 miles per hour, if you can believe that. He threw his fastball 53% of the time, change up 30% of the time, curveball 14%, and then slider 3%. So very fastball change-up heavy today, and it was working for Tommy Henry, who was just solid. Like I don't think he's going to be a superstar pitcher I don't know if he's a true foundational piece but as like a number four number five starter Tommy Henry has looked really good for this D-backs team today and I'm excited to see him keep it going because of course with Zach Davies coming back from rehab soon like it's a big start for Ryan Nelson at the time you guys listen to this podcast I guess today because the D-backs are going to have to make a decision on the Ryan Nelsons the Brandon Fox the Tommy Henry's who do they want to keep in the rotation when a Zach Davies comes back and I think right now Entering, you know, talking all the spring training rotation stuff, who should be that number five starter. Tommy Henry was always at the bottom of my list. I was always like Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson have more um, based on what I saw last year. And based of what I project them to be, I just think there are better talents than Tommy Henry. Brandon Fott, we hadn't yet seen yet, but coming off the minor league season he had, I had him ahead of Tommy Henry in the rotation rankings for that number five spot. But if you ask me right now, who should be the D-backs number five starter or at least keep their job in the rotation, Tommy Henry is number one in that power ranking because he's just been straight up better than the Dre Jamesons, the Ryan Nelsons. Brandon Fott started to turn a corner a little bit right now but Tommy Henry is still the most consistent guy of all those youngsters so Tommy Henry with how he's pitched three of the last four starts I think he's starting to solidify a role in that rotation when Zach Davies comes back and then just talking about the rest of the game talking about how this D-backs team was always able to bounce back because with some runners on in that seventh inning Tori Lovello elected to go to Miguel Castro to get themselves out the jam. And personally, I've wanted to see Miguel Castro as the closer moving forward because I thought he's been really strong in that area. Andrew Chapin has been shaky at times as a closer. And I think, I just think Castro has looked really good in that role. And he's probably my go-to high leverage reliever for the D-backs this season. And he didn't look great in that seventh inning because he was definitely giving up. He gave up a couple hits. He, he gave up a walk, but he was able to get out of a bases loaded jam and preserve the lead he did give up it wasn't an earned run to him because it went to Austin Adams but he was the guy that gave up the base hit that led to the earned run so he did put the D-backs in a compromising position but was able to get out of the bases loaded jam to preserve the lead and then talking about that resilience of the D-backs what was the offense able to do in that eighth inning Christian Walker starts it off where double down the left sideline Guriel fourth hit of the game comes up double down the right sideline scores Christian Walker and it's like just a great job by the D-backs offense to add some more insurance runs overall Guriel was a stud in this game four for four 
You also had Perdomo once again putting work at that number at that in that number nine hole because of course the runners in scoring position. I don't think there's a player you want more than Geraldo Perdomo. And then one thing that I found that I find keep finding very interesting is just this Paven Smith little little offensive surge that he's been going on this season. The numbers still aren't crazy. He's got 240 average, 342 OBP, and a 406 slash line, so the numbers aren't exactly screaming off the page, but it feels like whenever we need a big Paven Smith hit, feels like he's delivering. Paven Smith, I think, in terms of runners and scoring position, has actually been good this year with the clutch stats. It is fourth home run of the season like today, so Paven Smith, you can see why Alec Thomas was sent down. It's not like Paven Smith is some offensive machine over an Alec Thomas but he just comes through in the moments with runners on most importantly and even though he's still a disaster defensively if he's in your DH spot and you got Fletcher Gurriel Carroll like that's good enough defensively and then when Paven Smith is doing what he did today which was a huge home run in a close game you can see why the D-backs decided to send down Alec Thomas so great win by the D-backs to take down the reigning NL champion Philadelphia Phillies and just handle their business and with Ryan Nelson starting today it's going to be another test for him to show why he deserves to be in the rotation but I love this D-backs offense I love when they're clicking like this D-backs eight games above 500 let's go out for a series win and don't forget you could catch every D-backs hometown pitch on their hometown broadcast when you search up Diamondbacks on the Sirius XM app. Game time, that's where you buy your tickets for your favorite events. And that used to be really stressful. The stress is gone. Whether you're planning a long-term trip to the ballpark, like I'm going to the final game, which I assume is going to be the final game in the Oakland Coliseum. I'll be there on September 24th. But guess what? We also went to the ball game on Mother's Day at Dodger Stadium. That was last. That was a last-minute decision. Whether it's long-term, fast, game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets. For sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever you want to do. You get killer deals with last-minute tickets like I had for the Dodgers-Padres game. And you get the best price guarantee. So stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. I had a great time. And guess what? We got to see where the ticket was. You get to use the app, and you can find the tickets, buy the tickets, and you get the image from the seat view. And I have a specific area I like to sit at Dodger Stadium. I like to be on the, not the top deck, but the second deck uh, and in between home plate and first base. I love that vantage point because it's a good view of the stadium and a beautiful view of the hills beyond at Dodger Stadium. And you can see from the app, click, 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 pop, 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 great view, boom. Lowest price guaranteed. And if we need to cancel, you can get cancel protection, get all sorts of ways in case, you know, things happen. So forget about the worries. The game time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price. If you find your tickets in the same section and row for less, boom, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You know, they say you can't give more than 100%. Game time gives you 110. Now, you can buy tickets in just a matter of seconds. Two taps, ba-boom, and they were sent right to my phone. Didn't have to print anything out. Went to Dodger Stadium. Boom, sat down, and it's time for Dodger baseball. So, snag, by the way, these aren't exclusive for Dodger games. I want to make sure that's perfectly clear. Any event you want, it's there. 
Snag the tickets you want without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On MLB for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Guess what? I already did that. Twenty clams off my Dodger tickets. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. There's two teams in the National League I want to cover as we talk about teams that got off to surprising starts and we wonder whether or not they're flukes or not. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Cardinals' bad start and the rest of the – and now, you know, the Cardinals are off the, are won eight of their last ten. And while they're still six games under 500 as, as of this recording, they are crawling back into the race because the first-place Brewers and the second-place Pirates – have basically said, come on, there's room, get in the pool. Mm -hmm. The Pirates are two things. One of the biggest surprises of the first third of the year, they still are of a winning record at this point. The fact that I have to say that shows you what kind of slump they've been in. I also think they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch. They have incredibly likable players on that team. But you're starting to see, I mean, as of this recording, there are two games over 500. There, but still only a game out of first. Uh, what are your thoughts of this team? And are they going to be hanging around? Or is this going to be like the Royals a couple of years ago that we forgot they were good in, in going into May? Yeah, it, like I like the Pirates entering the season. They were one of the teams I said maybe hit the over on their win total, but I still thought that was going to be like a mid-70 win team, like 74, yeah. 75 wins, because their pace after the month of May, because you might forget, they were 20-9 and nine after the month of May. But so far after this D-backs loss, I think they're 24-22 and 22 because after the month of May, they're, they've only won four of their last 18 games, I believe. They're 4 and 14 in uh, what month are we in? May? They're 4 and 14 yeah. in the month, or 4 and 13, excuse me. Yeah. So this is a team that's been struggling. Look at their offense over the last two, three weeks. Their offensive numbers have come down in a big way. Mitch Keller has been a godsend for that team this year. Guys like Andrew McCutcheon have been playing above their skis, Connor Joes, but. You just look at some of their players and you feel like they're going to start to regress as the year progresses. Like Andrew McCutcheon at 36 years old, can he still keep up this all-star form that he's been on? I don't know. Connor Joe, 30 years old, over 800 OPS. He's looked like a stud this year. I don't think he could probably keep that up. Brian Reynolds, he's an all-star level player. He'll still be good for this team as the season progresses. But overall, you look at that lineup, I think they just got a lot of guys who are playing way better than the level that they're actually capable at. I look at their rotation after Mitch Keller. I don't think it's very strong. The bullpen has actually some solid pieces with David Bednar, who's been fantastic so far this season. Yeah, but he's been great. Yeah, so this Pirates team, I do think they can pitch. I think they could keep a lot of ball games close. I just don't think they have the offensive weapons as the season progresses. I think that offense is really starting to come down, as we've already seen. I think that's going to be the area that – be the area that really holds them back as we start to enter the postseason the stretch run of the season as we enter august and september i think they're not going to be able to score enough runs i think we're going to look at them like how we looked at the miami marlins the last couple years we're like that team can pitch they're frisky they can win a game against you but more often than not they're probably not going to put up enough runs on the scoreboard to win enough ball games to actually make the postseason 
You know, I would love to see the Pirates. Obviously, there, you know, there is no like Juan Soto on the block this year. You know, and even Juan Soto hasn't been Juan Soto this year. No, but he might be on the block. Who knows? I, mean, I know, <laughs> but but um, you know, like a name you hear, someone like Will Myers, who's not exactly you know, there, no one's getting ready to have Will Myers rehearse his Cooperstown speech. But you know, could he gets he can be a streaky hitter? I just would love to see the Pirates acquire one professional bat in the middle of that lineup because you just see, <coughs> excuse me, you see their their offense just goes right into the toilet, and it's it's you know, you see like you know Mitch Keller pitched a wonderful game the other day, and you know then one bad inning from the bullpen and you just knew the Pirates weren't going to come back, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you just felt if you have one solid professional hitter in that lineup that they'll be able to avoid some of that. But, you know, here we are. I'd love to make that trade sooner rather than later. Yeah, and there's some interesting guys who are going to be free agents this upcoming season that maybe you could get a little rental for the next few months. Maybe like a Rowdy Telez who is not like some sexy superstar but can definitely hit some bombs for you in the middle of your lineup. Maybe yeah. someone, I don't even know, Brandon Lowe has a club option for this year. Tampa Bay, they don't like to re-sign their players to big contracts. Willie Adamas is going to be a free agent after this year. So there's like some interesting above average major leaguers who are not all-stars or maybe borderline all-stars like a Willie Adamas. You could definitely get for the cheap and not have to break your whole prospect farm system up to go inquire. And I want to talk to you guys about our new sponsor, So Rare, because it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competition and rewards. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. No, and I'm not even talking about like you know trading away top blue chippers, but maybe a a mid tier yeah. prospect you can let go of to just get one or two more professional hitters in that lineup. I mean, it just seems like by the time you get past you know the top three or four, it just seems like you know it just seems like easy out after easy out, and it just puts too much pressure on the Reynolds and everyone like that, and you know at the top of the lineup. All right, well look, at I got one more we got to do. All right, and you know what team it is. What team is it? Who Let's is it? see. Who do we have here as our guest today? Everyone in their cow thought it was going to be a Dodger-San Diego Padres rumble. 
mm-hmm. in 2023. Well, the Padres have been thankful they're in a division with the Colorado Rockies, so they don't look up as a last-place team. Um, but the D-backs, yes. uh, now the Dodgers have indeed passed them, but there's only one game separates Los Angeles and Arizona in the loss column. Uh, the D-backs have been playing above their their expectations. Um, and what do you think about this team? You know, is this a good Diamondbacks team or is this a team that has taking advantage of a, you know, the Padres off to the bad start and just, you know, slid right into second place. I mean, I think it is a good D back team. I think they definitely have some flaws and areas on this team that they need to improve on. Like some more rotation depth after a Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, hopefully a Zach Davies can help some of those issues. But in terms of what this D backs team can actually do on the field, like they're one of the highest scoring teams in the national league. They have the third best record. They're one of the fastest teams in baseball. They play one of the, they have one of the best defenses in baseball. So this team just plays pretty good baseball. They don't strike out a lot. Maybe you want to see them draw a few more walks, but they're one of the lowest strikeout teams in major league baseball they steal a ton of bases they're great at taking extra bases they are one of the highest run scoring teams in major league baseball because they are super clutch at runners scoring position they're basically the anti-padres they're very fast and they come through in the clutch and they play great defense a couple things that the padres don't do their rotation after zach allen merrill kelly falls off a little bit because it's a lot of youth the bullpen has they could use some upgrades as well. But overall, this overall team is very good. I don't think they're ready for a World Series or anything like that. But the front office has talked about a sense of urgency. We saw it when they let go when DFA Madison Bumgarner. Like, we're not going to put players on the field that are not helping this team. They sent down Alec Thomas, who was the number two prospect in the organization a couple years ago. He's been struggling the whole year. They sent him down. Jake McCarthy, who was a revelation for the D-backs last season. They sent him down after like three weeks because he wasn't getting it done. And now they called up Dominic Fletcher, another rookie outfielder who has been phenomenal so far for this D-backs team and is top five in the FanDuel Rookie of the Year odds voting, of course, behind Corbin Carroll, who should be the favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year. So this team is talented. They're balanced got young talent like Corbin Carroll and the Fletchers. They got veterans like the Martes and the Christian Walkers. You got studs in your rotation with the Gallon Merrill Kellys. And I think they have enough stars at different positions with really solid depth where this team could actually make some noise. Do I think they can make a World Series? Probably not. But could they win a round or maybe two? I definitely think that's in the cards for the D-backs this year. I think of the surprise teams, I think they are the best, the one that has the best chance. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that because you're on this podcast hey. with me. Um, I like their, they, they have two solid pitchers at the top, but you're right. The, the type of game that they play that, that is that very aggressive style puts people on their mm-hmm. heels. Uh, I think they'll steal a few wins that you're not expecting, but I also think that they can take advantage of the fact that the central is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing Philadelphia, you know, you know, they're not off to the start that you would think they'd be and, and really take advantage of San Diego doesn't get their act together. I, I honestly, you know, the way that they've been playing um, and the, it's not just they've, it's not just that they've had a, uh, uh, a couple of players having like MVP caliber season that are, that are carrying them, but rather it is a, uh, it is a style of play. It's almost like an organizational shift for this team and they're playing smart baseball they're playing good fundamental baseball they're playing they're not giving away outs they're not they're they're forcing teams 
to make the throw. And for that reason, I, I think that of all the surprise teams, I think the Diamondbacks, uh, do I think Los Angeles is going to beat them? Yeah, I do. I think LA is a better team That's overall. <laughs> but uh, if you wake up and if I saw the Diamondbacks finish this year with 92 wins, the way that they're playing, that wouldn't stun me right now. Yeah. Which and is not the year you thought we were going to have this year with the D-backs. Definitely not. I was hoping, you know, maybe a 500 season. I thought that would have mm-hmm. been very successful. But I, I then- thought that, yeah, I didn't, again, I mean, it's not but I thought this was going to be a 500 team because they had decent pitching, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't think they had any of the talent to, to score runs. Yeah, I didn't think, I thought, yeah, I thought offense was going to be a struggle. If you told me 81 and 81 was going to be their final record entering the season, I would have definitely signed up for that. But now my expectations might be a little bit higher because a good mark of a team I think they could use for the D-backs, they don't mess around with these series. Like when they play the Oaklands and the Pirates of the world, these lowlier baseball teams, they take two out of three. They don't lose to bad teams. And they've yep. only lost... They've lost three series this year, but only to two teams. The San Diego Padres, who always have the D-backs number. It doesn't matter what their record is. They just seem to own the D-backs. Then the Miami Marlins, who are not a great team, but they are above 500. So yeah, it's like... The, yeah, the so Mar- there's Marlins solid. have talent. The Marlins have a lot yeah. of talent on that team. Yeah. Marlins have talent. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they definitely have talent. So it's like when you've only lost to two teams the whole year and we're 40, 50 games into this. I mean, I don't know, maybe 50 games into this, maybe more. I don't know. Entering that one third mark, as we talked about, like the D-backs don't play around with their food. They take two out of three, at least from every series. And they've only lost three series the entire year. to only two teams. I like this D-back squad a lot. And I think come the deadline, they will be buyers. I think this is a team that will try to go out there and upgrade and maybe add not a star, but at least a solid veteran in that rotation and still try to add another bullpen guy because you can never have enough relievers in the back end of your bullpen, especially guys that could throw hard. So I think the D-backs are going to go out there and actually take this season seriously and actually build a contender as the best they can, at least for 2023. You're building a contender right now. Let's wrap this up here. Uh, Miller Thomas, where can people find you? Follow me on social media at CreatorThomas24 or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram in the little search bar. We're on all your podcasting platforms, of course, and we're on YouTube. When you search up Locked on Dimebacks, please hit subscribe on there. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the Diamondbacks and the Pirates and some surprising contenders who's for real, who's not. It's been a Locked On MLB Diamondbacks and Locked On MLB crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. Let's fist pump for another week. Boom. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Wasn't able to knock out that crossover with Eden Smith of Locked On Pirates because he was having some electrical issues. So hopefully we get another crossover with someone this week. I'm probably going to reach out to Nash Walker, Nash Walker, Reno Aces to try to do a crossover um, this week. But I do have a crossover with... Uh, a special secret podcast tomorrow that we will be doing after the Phillies game. So come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks News coverage and insight to check that out. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag everydayer in the comment section on YouTube. And don't forget, you can catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you search up Dimebacks on the SiriusXM app. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. No says.